0: good morning welcome to river valley again i'm so uh thankful that you guys are here and i want to say way to go Uh, i really and truly i was like i don't know what the weather is gonna do i don't know so uh you guys showed up all right so i'm glad i'm so and and uh, i'm truly truly excited about the next four weeks uh in these sermons uh I, i god showed me uh through my bible study uh these sermons. And it really and truly is not something I'm going to be like, I've always said this. I've actually preached through Ephesians before here at River Valley. This is my second time, but this is something brand new that God has shown me. And has, I I've been walking in a little bit, but I am, I'm so excited about what God is going to show us. Over the next four weeks, so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter four. As we as we go into that, I want to make sure that you understand how to use uh, these sermons correctly. So we're going to talk about uh, today permission to quit. That, that it's okay to stop doing certain things, but the, the overarching idea is 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 growth. Now I'm a goal setter for I mean for as long as I can remember. Certainly back into high school, I can remember setting goals and and working on that. You you may be like that, but you might not. My wife is not a goal setter, but but there's something about the new year. There's something about the flipping of that calendar where all of a sudden you start thinking about change and renewal and maybe I could be better and maybe I can grow. And, and you've probably felt some of that. So, this is the normal way it happens. So, you have a goal on December 1st, well, even before Thanksgiving, maybe, you know, uh, November 20th, you have a goal, and you're like, I'm going to eat everything I see. And uh, that's a goal that I often set, and I've never failed uh, to deliver. I mean, so you go to all these parties, and you go to your family, and you eat your mom's favorite this, and, and, and you're like, oh man, and you eat so much over the holidays. And somewhere between Christmas and the new year, you start thinking, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just I'm tired and sluggish all the time. And so you get on the scale and you're like, oh, that's that's why. And and so you realize, so then you you set a new goal. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in shape because I'm going to the Beach, you know, for spring break, or we're going this summer, and I'm gonna finally look good out on the beach versus people trying to throw me back in the water because I'm a beach dweller. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this year. So what do you do, man? You, you're like I'm gonna start, and then you're not I'm not gonna start December first or uh, January first because that's football day. I'll start, and then you start, and you know you go along, and you're doing okay, but then it it just kind of kicks in. And some of you, that's where you find yourself right now, kind of this wavering back and forth. And you don't know your willpower in it, but you don't know how long it's going to last. And then this is going to happen to you this week or next. I guarantee it. What's going to happen is you're going to go to Walmart, or you're going to go to Lowe's, or you're going to go to a shoe store, and a cute little Girl Scout is going to be right there to sell you some cookies. And when your willpower wanes, the Girl Scouts show up with thin mints. That's exactly what happens. And you look at them, and you're like, you're about to win the trip to Washington, D.C. I, I mean, I'm like all of the cookies, and, and you just lose it. And, and that's not what we're talking a- about and in fact, I want to show you a process, but I want to make sure that you understand that, that this, is, this is a process, and it's not just one sermon. Sometimes you'll come in and be like, boy, that point right there, that really was where I'm at. I need you, if you're going to understand and actually apply and see what I'm talking about, it's going to take me four weeks to unpack it. So for the next four weeks, we're going to unpack it, and then it's going to take you doing something with it. I am going to have homework for you every week. It's not extensive or hard, but it's not like, hey, a 30-minute sermon in my life is radically different. It's not that. That's not what I'm promising. But I am promising that the Word of God, that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you will take what I teach you and you will apply it to your life, you will see true life-changing growth in your life. Absolutely. It is not my personal guarantee. It is the Word of God. Jesus, this is how He wants to grow you in this season. So, we're going to start out and we're going to make sure we're all on the same page in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 20. This is a longer set of scriptures than normal. I've got, I've got uh, it's about a chapter and a half. So I'm gonna show you the outline today and then I'm gonna explain a lot more and have you read it yourself so that you don't get bogged down in what's about 40 uh, verses today so i'm going to keep it short as far as where i'm speaking from but i'm going to be referring back to this text a lot so ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 says but that's not how you came to know christ assuming that you heard about him you were taught by him as the truth is in jesus now we're going to stop right there go back to that verse i want to stop right there this verse these verses say that what is about to be taught assumes that you are a christian This is how Christians grow. If you are not a Christian, one of the worst things that you can do is try to apply this text to your life. It won't work, and it will frustrate you, and you'll walk away going, well, Christianity is not real. No, he started out, he said, assuming you've heard the correct gospel and you've applied it to your life. So this is for Christians. Now, in this room, not everyone is a Christian. I get that. Some of you are brand new to River Valley. You're checking out church. Fantastic. Man, you saw a great powerful testimony today of uh, individuals and families who have given their life to Jesus, man, that are are speaking to you saying, give give your life to Christ as well. But I want you to become a Christian because normally what I'll do is I'll I'll wrap up the sermon and I'll I'll give you the gospel and give you an opportunity to get saved. We're not going to do that today because I want you to get saved right now. Why? So that you can apply this immediately. So that you can see transformation take place in your life. You can get saved right now. Become a believer in Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm going to read a verse to you and explain it very quickly. He said, assuming you heard. This is Galatians chapter chapter 1 verse 4 says, Jesus is the Lord of Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present age according to the will of God our Father. What's the will of God? that you would get saved is this for me it is it is god shows you before time began to hear this message to know jesus how as your lord for he came to die from our for our sins and to rescue us out of this world to bring us to eternal heaven where we can spend for all eternity with him jesus came to die for our sins think about your sins I mean, really, how old are you? I'm 50. That's a lot of sinning in my life. And I'm not done. It's unbelievable how much sin. And if you think about all of my sin, he on Jesus at one time. That's what he did on the cross for us. Jesus took the sin of the world so that we could become the righteousness of Christ. So that you could get the privileges that he deserves because he took the punishment that you deserve. So today, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, the rest of the sermon will greatly frustrate you and will not be effective in your life because it says, this is assuming that you heard. What did you hear? That Jesus is Lord he is the truth and he wants to set you free today from your sins and from the world so right where you are i'm invite you to bow your heads for just a moment are you a follower of christ do not insert religion into that statement do not tell me that you were baptized or christened as an infant do not tell me you've tried to live a good life that you've joined the church, that you've had first communion, that you've had believer's baptism, those are all fantastic things. It's Jesus, the Lord of your life. He came to die for our sins and to rescue us out of this world. Today, if you've never given Jesus your life, then today, right where you are, I want you to be my Lord, Jesus. I want you to be in charge. Only you can do this. Only you can make this decision. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Believing that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and he came to life. That's that's the Easter story, that he was resurrected. Father, thank you for salvation in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So. Read verse 21 again, assuming now that we're saved. Okay, assuming you heard about him, you were taught by him in the truth. Here's the outline for the next four weeks. Verse 22, to take off the former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. Number two, to be renewed in your mind, in the spirit of your minds. Number three, to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. Then we're gonna skip over to chapter five, verse 16, making the most of your time because you know the days are evil. So this is the outline for the next four weeks. Number one, we're gonna take off the old. And we're going to come over here, and I'm going to teach you how to evaluate your life and what you need to change and what, what needs to be given over to Jesus so that you can take off the old, the Bible says, the, the deceitful desires that you brought into your relationship with Christ. That's all today's sermon is, is taking off the old. And then next week, we're going to come here. And we're going to talk about renewing our mind. In other words, that we get a new attitude. And so we don't just look at the actions of the past. We look at the attitudes that led us. And and maybe we've believed some lies that have led us to this place repeatedly. So we're going to learn to renew our mind in week two. Then week three, we're going to come over here. And we're going to put on the new. We're going to put on the new in our life and and how we can actually uh, change and transform so that we put on new habits and new ideals. And I'm using in all of this. And then number four, uh, uh, we're going to maximize our time, learn how to do this process continually in our life. Now, I'm using as my illustration for all of this clothes. So if I've, I've already had it like 20 times today, people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, and girls are always like, you look so nice. And guys are like, if we have to start wearing suits, I'm out. <laughs> I, I, it's immediately like, uh, you know, uh, and so, so I'll, I'll explain how all, all of this works, but, but I want you to see this pattern because this is, is, is really, really important. You can't come to week one and week four and get it. You, you can't, it won't work. Don't do that. You must go through this pattern. So you take off the old, then you renew your mind, then you put on the new, then you maximize your time. If you don't do that, you, you'll, you'll mess up. And I promise you've seen how this works. This is, it works in all of life and not just uh, religion and spirituality. So so here, here's a, an example. So a while back, uh, I was with Mel, and, and, and I was teaching some uh, church planters. Uh, so, church planters that are fairly, they're, they're all uh, younger than me, and I was teaching them how to plant a church, and how to grow a church, and, and all of those things, and Mel looked at me one day, and she goes, we need to up your shoe game. That's what she said, we need to up your shoe game, and I said, well, number one, no all right I don't because <laughs> I don't have a shoe game I, I absolutely I don't have a shoe game and listen I don't want a shoe game all right because I I just don't care I don't care about my clothes I hate spending money I do and so so Melinda's like you're up in your shoe game and I was like you listen here woman this is this is word for word what I said okay I, love, I said you listen here woman I said I do with my clothes the same thing I did with you. I am valued for my loyalty. And I made a lifetime decision with you as my wife and everything that I own as clothes, I look at them and I say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I don't care if they get old. I don't care if they get out of style. I don't care if I've got no game. I am not getting new shoes. And then if I have to have shoe game, I have to have shoe racks and that is embarrassing. Embarrassing to say as a guy, I mean like multiple shoes. And so I was like, absolutely not. So I would like to show you my brand new shoes. All right. <laughs> I have multiple pairs of new shoes. Now. And uh, it's really interesting because when I put these on, I was like, oh, well, this is nice. <laughs> my old shoes were kind of worn out and run out and, and, uh, and these are comfortable and you know, no one ever said to me in my old shoe game, whichever that was, like, "Hey, you got some new shoes or nice shoes." But they said I've worn these twice, and people, even my kids, were like, "Dad, those look so good." Actually, they said some things that I didn't understand, but I googled it, and it meant like, "Hey, those are cool, right?" So, you got to use Google Translate with teenagers, and so, uh, so that, and so that. I, I, now, I love these. Man, they're comfortable. They look good. People notice them and go, man, you got shoe game. I was like, oh, I always had shoe game and that kind of thing. And so, but here's the deal. I love these, but I cannot put them on if I don't take off my old shoes. I know, you're duh, right? But some of you are just going to try to put in new shoes in your life. Now, remember, we don't care about clothes. This is not about clothes. It's just the illustration. But some of you are just going to try to put some new shoes in your life. You're like, I don't need to. Put on, take off the old. I'll just put on some new. Really, how's that gonna work? Because you've said to somebody, I'm so busy. I'm so tired. We don't have enough money. I'm I'm running. I would love a vacation. You say things like this all the time. All of us do. I'm so busy. I don't have enough energy. I got too many things going on. I can't focus on them. So I'm kind of having it in all of these areas. Well, you know what sounds great? Let's add some more to that. That'll work great, won't it? No, 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 no. You've got to take off the old first so that you can have more time, more energy, more attention, more money in order to put on something new. Right? It's the way it works. Same thing. You're going to be tempted to skip week two because you're going to say, I don't need to renew my mind. I got it figured out. And you've tried it, and it's worked for a while. You might sit there and go, you know what? I got this new jacket for Christmas. Mel bought me this new jacket, part of which is knowing we were doing this sermon illustration. So you think to yourself, you know what? I'm not waiting. I'm not going through the process. I'm just going to take off this old thing and I'm just going to come over here and I don't need to renew my mind. I just put on the new. It's not hard, Cody. See, it works. And you've done this and it does work for a time. But what happens over time? You sit there and and you think, man, this is nice. It's good. I like it. And people go, oh, new jacket. Yeah, you know, matches my shoes, this whole bit, right? And, uh, but then all of a sudden, you didn't renew your mind. You didn't understand why you put the jacket on in the first place. So at some point, you go, you know what? This is great. And I'll wear this most of the time. But I miss the jacket. I miss it i I'm, I'm just you know i'm just gonna just just once just just once or just for today i'm gonna i'm gonna try on this old stuff it it might be sinful it wasn't as good but but oh 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 yeah there oh that is comfortable i I never really felt comfortable in in that one i never i never really felt right, but this one oh this is- oh that is that's it that's the way I want it, and over time. You were like, I remember, you know, I used to do these things, but then what did you do? You just, you go back. You go back to the habit. It takes all of these learning and doing, and it takes a process for Jesus to renew all of this in your mind. So I need you, I want you to experience freedom. I want you to experience growth, but I don't want you to just sit there and think, oh yeah, I got it. I got the outline. I I mean, you know where I'm going with all of these. This is not hard to figure out. But it really is important for you to get all of these. So let's talk today about take off the old. Some of you who are guests here today, that was my introduction. (laughs) Like 15 minutes in, you're like, well, here we go. All right, so here we go. So take off the old. Let me make sure that you understand that you can correctly evaluate what it looks like to take off the old. So, number one, you're gonna have to set the standards, set the standards. You're going to have to decide whether you're going to look around at everyone else to set the standards for you or you're going to look up to let Jesus set the standards for you or you're going to do this little Christian thing where you're kind of in the middle. You're going to have to decide what are the standards that you evaluate what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong. For clothes, what what do, should I wear? What should I take off? What should I put on? What Jesus has to be the answer for that. But the Bible warns us, if you if you look around... A few verses before the verses we just read... He, he says, you should no longer live as the Gentiles. In other words, people who are lost... Why? Because they're futile in their thoughts. They're darkened in their understanding. They're excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They become callous. They give themselves over to promiscuity for every practice and every kind of impurity. And what happens? They have a desire for more and more. This is the standard of the world. And he specifically says, do not look around and see what is my standard and say, well, you know, I'm going to kind of, kind of. Pull the crowd, gonna take the pulse of the day. And that's the normal of what I'm gonna do. Jesus specifically warns us not to do that. And he gives us several, several reasons why. He says they're excluded from God. They, they, they don't have a relationship with God. They're not going to heaven. They're darkened in their thinking. He calls them ignorant. We we use ignorant incorrectly today. If you were to call somebody stupid, they would get upset with you. I mean, rightfully so. You're stupid, right? Like, even if they are stupid, right? Like, they would get upset with you. But if you were to call someone ignorant, if you understood what he's saying here, that's not a cut down. That's just saying you don't know any different they, they, you just didn't know. You didn't understand. It doesn't mean you can't know. It's that you don't know. Ignorance is not the same thing as stupid. So, so Jesus is not going, they're just stupid. He's saying they're ignorant. They don't know any different. But you do. So don't be like them. And then he gives them a strong warning that of any generation we need to hear. He says they practice every kind of impurity. And what do they want when they do it? More and more. It's the law of diminishing return. The law of diminishing return says, I take in this thing and I get this feeling from it. But the next time I take in this thing, I don't get quite that feeling. So I take in more of it to get the same feeling and more of it, I have to take in more and more to get the same high. And because of that, I'll go someplace, he says, every kind of impurity and all you do is want more. Have you ever seen someone that was caught in an act of, of, of sinfulness that you're like, oh my gosh, how could anyone do that? Like, how, how is that even possible? Well, what did they do? Did they jump from normal to, to the edge of, of this, this profound sin? No, no. They thought, you know, I'm just going to just do this. This is it. I see way over there, and that's crazy. I'm not doing that. But, but this isn't good enough, so this, and this, and this, and they, they, more and more and more. And then guess what? They get all the way over there, and guess what? They're like, everyone's doing this because all their friends are that way. They've made new friends, and they're all living in sin, and they're, and they're like, this is just normal. And what they thought they would never, ever do, they, they regularly do. The Bible warns us, you cannot control sin There's an old gospel song that says, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. There is a high price to sin. So don't look around at the world in their sin and make that your standard. So what should be the standard? The Bible says the truth of Jesus, that he teaches you that Jesus is truth. So instead of looking around, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up and let Jesus speak into my life and tell me who I am in him and what he wants me to be. Now. That's where the illustration of my clothes came in, because when I first started thinking about this, Mel and I we were traveling for Thanksgiving, and I told her about this illustration, what I was going to do, and my first thought was I was going to go to the thrift stores and get like the oldest, you know, plaid, nasty '70s jacket I could find, right? And I was going to get a mustard yellow Dwight Schrute shirt, you know, with uh, short sleeves that looked ridiculous, and I was going to get one of those old, you know, '70s Barney Miller ties that were this wide, so that I came out. Everybody's like, "Why is he wearing that?" And 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 there was a time in my life when I had that. Listen, if you just got saved today, you're going to experience some of that. You're going to experience this. Like, there's a lot in your life that Jesus wants to change, and that that's that's okay. I've, I've been there. Literally, I mean, I've I've worn the Dwight shirt, you know, spiritually speaking. I've I've had the bad clothes, spiritually speaking. I've been there. But then God God really clearly told me, "No, no, no." I want you to use your clothes, because what I don't want you to do is just go, oh, yeah, this is for the serial killers of the world. We need you, you know, Jesus wants you to stop killing. You're like, all right, I'm not going to kill anymore. Hey, praise Jesus, you know, and that's true, but that's probably not where you're at. And so Jesus said, use your life, use your uh, clothes as the illustration. So that's why I wore these today. To show you, you came up and, and every every single one of you. Oh, you look so nice, you know. As, as soon as you found out it was a sermon prop, and and we weren't going all old school, wear you know, wear nice clothes. You were fine, all right. So yeah, there you go. But but here's here's my clothes because you say oh they look good, and I. I but here's what I know that you don't. All right. First of all, this is part of a suit. This 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 jacket is a suit. But I wore jeans today and not the suit pants because I, I I bought this literally over two decades ago. This suit is twenty years old and evidently whatever material it is shrinks over time. Uh, and so I can I can get the pants on, but it's I mean it's kind of like this. And uh, there is a there is a real like a real concern that at some point they're just gonna poof and just you know and that's no good. I can't have that happen again, right? And so you're just like and so 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 i wore jeans instead right so the the, the suit jacket is, is fine but the the jeans are bad but I, I wore my my old these are my most favorite pants like i love pants I had, I had a man come up to me in the early service and he goes i still have pants from high school and i was like oh yeah you know like oh yeah but but these these pants really are not sunday appropriate anymore they they've got a rip over here uh they they uh they're old they're fa- they're they're kind of baggy they don't they don't fit night. Like, it's, it's not—these pants are Saturday afternoon, you know, mow-the-yard pants now. But I, but I wore them, and nobody, nobody said anything to me. Here's the deal with this, this tie. Um, ties usually have a sleeve to, to go behind so that it so that stays like this. But that sleeve fell off a while back. So I have to constantly make sure I'm not preaching like this, all right? You know, because it is hard to be like, that's a guy I want to follow, right? Uh, so there he is. This shirt, this shirt has a has a coffee stain right up here. And you can't see it because the tie covers it, but I know it's there. I've tried to get it out with bleed. Don't come up and give me laundry tips, heaven's sake. All right, so all right, it's, got, it's got a stain. But the biggest one, the most important one, are these shoes. My wife hates these shoes. So, yeah, so she hates them. And I'm like, what does it matter if you don't like my shoes? She goes, because when you go out in public, people think that I dressed you, and I have such bad bad fashion sense. And I was like, oh, those shoes look great. And everybody's like, she calls them my Elmer Fudge. She's just, uh, right? And, and so I, like, she hates she hates them. She hates them so bad. And uh, I bought them when I bought the, the suit. And I'm like, oh, they still fit. They're fine. And so, so. When I have to decide to set the standard, here's here's the deal. I know some things you don't know about my life. And I want to be really clear at this point. This is for old, mature Christians as well. This sermon, I am saying about my life. And so I hope that you should say about your life, like, I haven't arrived yet. Other people (laughs) may applaud me and say, oh, you look so nice today. But I got a suit that doesn't fit and shoes that are stupid and jeans that are old and a tie that is broke and a shirt that is stained. I can do better. There is improvement to be made in my life. And if I'm not willing to take the standards, I might be able to say, you know what? I pray better than a lot of you here. I know the better probably. I'm going to know the Bible really well. I've been to seminary. And I don't judge my life on the perfect standard of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, I'm 50 years old, and I'm static the rest of my life in my growth. Set new standards. Look at the perfect standard of God, and he's going to help you, even if you're really old and mature in Christ, to see true growth in your life. But you've got to set a new standard, which is him. Number two. You're going to need to expose or bring the darkness to the light. He says, he says later on, uh, again, in this text that you'll read later on, he says, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them to the light. So, so this, is, this is bringing my life to Jesus. And just like I know these things about my suit, you need, you need to know the things of how God sees you and what God wants you to do, and how he wants you to improve. And the only way to do that is to be real and honest and vulnerable with God, and let God speak into you his standard for your life. So, so here's your homework uh, for this week, and then I'm, I'm going to unpack it. Your homework is this. Read, pray, and repent from Ephesians 4, 25 through five thirteen. You might can do this in one sitting if you've got quite a bit of time. You might need to break it up. Either either way is is fine. But if you rush through this, it, it's not going to be as helpful because this is going to be Jesus speaking to your life. This section has a huge amount of things that you need to take off. Huge amount. And if you rush through it, you're just going to go. I'm not a you know it mentions. I'm not a liar, and just go on. But if you'll stop and be like, okay, Jesus, okay, Holy Spirit, tell me some ways that I have deceived, shaded the truth, and lied. And you're quiet, and you're still, and you let your mind go to different conversations. The Holy Spirit will guide you, and you'll be like, oh, I did lie there, I did lie there. And, and I want you to do this with a piece of paper, and I want you to just write these down. It's really important that you do it this way. So I want you to, I have done this for this, and I'm going to do it again. Because it's a, it's a continual practice. That's what we're going to learn in week four. Now, <clears throat> when I tell Jesus things, some of you, that scares you to death. It scares you to death. You grew up with parents who had perfectionistic tendencies. You grew up with a, with a model of love that seemed to be predicated on you doing right, not embarrassing them. And so you have, have associated maybe the way that you do things with your parents to your heavenly father. So you think if I tell Jesus that I lied, that I did this, that, I, that, that he's going to... Are you kidding me? And he's gonna be angry at you, and he's gonna punish you, and you're gonna, you're gonna feel this, the shame from him, and 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 you just like emotionally can't do that. Like, if that's what you think you're getting into, you've believed a lie. He talks about in renewing your mind, deception. We're gonna talk about deception next week. You've believed a lie. That's not how it's gonna go down. See, here's the here's here's the secret. You don't tell Jesus you sinned. He already knows. You don't have to tell him, I sinned. He goes, oh, I, I didn't know. No, 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 no. You agree with Jesus that you sinned. And you bring that to him. And if you've never experienced this, I, I really, I'm, I'm, look, I've been doing this for a while now. Okay? So, so listen to me and look at my face and tell you if I'm not telling you the truth. I love doing this. I love it because when I tell, or excuse me, when I uh, agree with Jesus about my sin, I feel His love. I feel His cleansing. I feel those sins wash away from me. I feel close to Him because my relationship with God and your relationship with God is not predicated on your actions, but on Christ's righteousness, and you. that you walk away feeling so loved, so accepted, so empowered by Jesus. It's a wonderful experience. And if you believe that He's going to get onto you, then you're not going to do it, or you're not going to be fully honest with Him. You're going to tell Him about the little white lies, not the big stuff that you really do, and, and you're going to miss out. You're believing a lie. You've been deceived. This is a wonderful, wonderful experience. I love it. Man. It is, it is absolutely liberating, liberating, but you've got to be honest, and you've got to let th- this process work out. There's a, there's a fairly long list here that you need to go through because you know, sometimes you're like, nope, 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 you know? and you're like halfway through, and you're like, all right, who's holding this guy? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't know he was going to talk about that. And, but it'll get to it. It'll get to it. And, and, and I, I, can't, I can't recommend this enough to you. So, so you're going to set the standards of God, then you're going to let him pour the standards into your life. And then number three, that's the, kind of the sermon title of the day, you're going to take off the old. When you write all these things down, this is why it's important to write all these things down. Because when you're done writing down your sins, I want you to uh, put a star over to the side of the sins that you feel like are a habitual pattern. You've you've repented of these before. Listen, I'm not too good to lie, but but I'm not a habitual liar. You know, I'm not too good to whatever it is. There's a million of these, right? So you're gonna you're gonna. Well, then it, that could be overwhelming. You've got ten stars out to the side, and you, and if you think, okay, well here's Jesus saying, hey, here's ten things to change. Listen, I am a lifelong goal setter, and uh, I mean I, I mean that like I can remember setting goals. Uh, In middle school and high school, uh, I've done it uh, all my life. I've written them down. I'm I'm a nerd. I'm a super, actually, I'm I'm a super nerd. I've read no telling how many books about this. But I'm here to tell you right now, a good way to not accomplish anything is to set 10 goals. It's a great way. You're like, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to stop cussing out my kids, kicking the dog. I'm going to, you know, get out of debt. I'm going to run and, you know, go to church every week. And you look up and you got 10 fantastic goals. And you look up in six months and you've accomplished zero. Nothing, right? You have great intentions. And you put it on Facebook and everybody's like, yeah. And then you're like, I'm still a loser. Uh, That's the way it works. So, but here's, here's, you know how you accomplish 10 goals? One at a time. One And two, and three, and four, and five. That's the way it works. So, what you got to do is you got to write them down, and then you're going to ask Jesus, okay, where do I need to start? Where do I need to start? He gives us, I'm going to give you a clue, and he gives us a clue. He says, number one, he says our former way of life, which means if you've long-term had these things in your life... The big ones that, that really do, you, you know, uh, come into your life, th- those are, where, are be where I would concentrate on. And then I love this question. We ask this question in our staff. If you're a leader, if, uh, if you run an organization, even, even a family, fantastic question is this. What one thing, if changed, would make the biggest impact? That is a $10,000 question. That's a great question. Uh, What one thing that if I change this area, if I did this, if I took this off, this would have the greatest impact in my life. I need to change all of these. But what's the big one? This is a great question. Uh, We use this question in our evaluation process that we set up at River Valley to evaluate events. Like what's the one thing that could really help us uh, accomplish our vision in these areas? Because when you evaluate things, you tend to go, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this, and you forget. Man, we were stressed out and tired when we were doing that thing. The last thing I want is a list of eight more things that we can do, especially eight things that don't move the ball forward at all. They're just things to do. So let's do one thing if it really and truly helps us accomplish this. So, so that's the way you're, you're going to go through this process, and you're going to look at, and you're going to take from that list of sins, and then you star the ones that you think are habitual, and then you ask Jesus, and he's going to help, he's going to highlight one for you. And you're going to be like, this one, if this one, if I took off the old in this area, this would make a tremendous difference in my life. Just just that. Just taking that out of my life. And then, you have to make a decision. You have to recognize what Jesus has said, and you have to say, okay, I'm really and truly, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take off the old. I am not going to sit here and learn about this and say, oh, that was great. I got it. It's not a hard concept to understand. You are going to have to sit there and say to yourself, I'm going to change. I'm going to take off the old. I'm not going to live this way anymore. And the longer that you go in the process, a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, at first, it's exciting and invigorating. But pretty soon, it comes to the point, and you kind of get there, and you're like, whoa. And you feel like me right now. You kind of feel naked in front of people. And the people that are watching you, just like you're watching me, going, how far is he going with this <laughs> illustration, right? You're like, <laughs> you're like because I, I, we get it, okay? <laughs> Please, for the love of all that is good, stop, all right? <laughs> but that's going to happen to you, because what you're going to do is just like me. I'm the only one doing this. You might look around and go, come on, family, let's go. Then you start doing it, and you're, everybody's like, I wonder how far he's going to go with this, right? There will be people that talk, hey, don't go crazy. All right, it's fine to get a little religion, but don't be going crazy in all this. And you're going to have to get to the point where you understand, I'm going to let Jesus speak into me, and I'm going to keep removing stuff until he says stop. And then I can't rush over here because I'm embarrassed. Like, I've got to live in this thing for a second. And others are going to see it. And this is a part of the process. And I'm going to teach you how to do it next week. But I'm telling you, it's awkward and hard. It's, it's, it's strange to admit to people sometimes. Like, I, I, I don't have any shoes. And I, like, it, it's, I get it. It really is. But this is what it takes. We live in a world that doesn't understand the difference between knowledge and wisdom. I just told you what to do. It doesn't make you wise. Doing it does. You have knowledge now. Go home and do it. Take off the old. I invite you to bow your heads right where you are today. <clears throat> and this is how we're ending today, so don't don't be this is this is all we're doing. But as you Bow your heads and you think about the sermon. <clears throat> One of the things I thought about doing was like having people write down some of their sins and bring them up to the altar. And, that, and that's a good thing. We've certainly done that in the past. It's a very uh, good thing. Um, the, the problem is uh, I want you to go through the process and let Jesus talk to you. I, uh, I want you to like be honest because, you know, you're going to take this list and you're going to you're going to decide what Jesus wants you to do and then burn the list, man. Burn it. And I want you to be honest and transparent. So instead of asking you uh, what are the sins and trying to speed up this process for an emotional moment, I'm just going to ask you to be honest. Are you going to do it? You might have been the only one in your family that was paying attention Everybody else was like, oh, that was a good sermon, good. You know, like and then they go, where are we gonna eat? And that's it. That's all that changed in their life. You might be the only one. I, I don't I don't know. Jesus truly has this for you, though. He wants you to grow. It's not a you can grow. It's a promise. Like you will grow. You will experience a life outside. Of what you've experienced. Because here's what you get. When you strip down and you renew your mind. Just like I am right now. You get hope. Because guess what's coming. I got a brand new pair of shoes over there. And I got a brand new jacket. And they look good on me. Like there's hope again. I don't have to, I don't have to live with a stained shirt. Saying no, maybe nobody will see it. I've got hope of a better You can have that. Trust me. You can be 80 and have been a Christian for 60 years. There is more to come. If you will truly be a part of this process, let God change you and transform you. It takes four weeks to get the knowledge. It takes a lifetime to, to process through. That's why the last week we're going to talk about maximizing your time, doing it again. But this is possible. If you look up and you've been like, I've been the same Christian for, you know, a year or a decade. You know, pretty much, not bad, nothing wrong. It's time for us to grow and to change. You have permission to quit. Lord, teach us today how we should apply this sermon. God, give us wisdom right now. When are we going to do the homework this week? Where can I read this, this passage? Where can I process through it where I won't be interrupted? It might be... One big time might be several times, but God, give us wisdom and how to do this. And then give us courage to come back next week and learn how to renew our mind, for we want to be transformed into the righteousness of Christ. In Jesus' name, we praise you in faith for what's coming in our growth. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.